Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to our first episode of the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron Ng and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. You have probably heard your friends asking these questions. How old should my child be before she starts walking? Can she eat organic food? What, which type of preschool is best for my child? What are the best methods of discipline for my recalcitrant child? How parents and grandparents manage without the help of the internet or technology? Alright, sort of manage, but have you wondered to yourself, how did parenting get so difficult? In today's episode, we'll be exploring the most common questions that parents are asking these days. With me today is Joanna Koho. She's a wife and mom, a family coach, and also the CEO of Focus in the Family Singapore. Welcome to the podcast, Joe, and we're glad you could join us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Joe, you know, just now I was just speaking about the different questions that parents are asking. Yeah. So, what are some current concerns that parents have? Actually, it's interesting because if you Google, uh, apparently the top 10 most Googled parenting questions are things like, how do I change a diaper? How do I breastfeed? How do I potty train? Why do babies cry? How do I stop my baby from crying? Why won't my baby sleep? Uh, as you can tell, these are probably questions from first-time moms specifically. I don't think dads would ask such questions. Um, but, you know, we did a survey here at Focus on the Family Singapore. And I think to date, we've probably... Uh, gotten more than 10,000 respondents um, from parents and we did ask parents like what would be your top parenting concerns and what came up tops I think would be of interest to most parents um, number one on the list is actually about discipline mm, discipline the big D Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> and I think we always think that it starts from um, young but you know for some parents it's only when they are their kids are much older in the teenage years and they find that it's difficult to control their child's behavior, their teenager's behavior because now they are teenagers, right? They don't kind of listen as well anymore or maybe they have their own mind because they, they are individuating. And so for most parents, I think that challenge really comes when they find that hey, I can't manage my child's behavior anymore. Of course, one big challenge uh, that has to do with discipline uh, to, no, I don't think this is a surprise because uh, we live in this world today where it's all about digital. So you can well imagine that one of the top issues when it comes to discipline would be regarding digital use. Yeah, how much time should I allow my child to be, you know, on the screen? Um, should I, you know, even allow my child to use this app, play this game online? Uh, yeah tons of questions uh, when when to give my child a phone mm. but Joe, you know our children and even our parents are living in a very different world from our parents and our grandparents yeah we are living in a digital world and you know talking about the phones and, and phone screen time 
that's, that's, these are common questions. So how can we handle this? Yeah, exactly. And actually that brings me to the, the second top question that is always asked, like how do I actually know what's going on in my child's mind? And that comes with dealing with emotions. Right, and a lot of it, if you think about it, when it comes to whether it's discipline or dealing with emotions, the core of it lies with communication. Okay, so I'll, I might as well give you the third that's on the list, okay, of the top three <laughs> parenting questions that parents have. The third one is actually how to help my child through transitions. Okay, so how to discipline my child, manage my child's behavior, that's top on the list. Uh, how do I help my child manage their emotions? And it could range from exam stress to, uh, I think my child is being bullied in school. You know, how do I tell? What do I do actually? How do I build my child's esteem? Um, how do I make sure my child is not affected by all this like cyberbullying that's happening online? Uh, a lot of things, as you can tell, also uh, links to or relates to the digital. And of course, like I said, the third one, transitions. How do I prepare my child for preschool, from preschool to primary school, from primary school to secondary school, from secondary school to all the different decisions that my child might need to make. Uh, prepare my child for adulthood, for NS. Yeah, so we get all kinds of questions. And, and these are from a whole range of parents, you know, who have children from as young as infants all the way to actually even young adults. Yeah, so it's been quite interesting because uh, when we looked at the data, a lot of it boils down to starting from the very core foundation of communication. How do I communicate my child? If we build that relationship from young and communication you know, of our values, of what we deem as important in our family, what we deem as you know, right versus wrong, uh, what is appropriate behavior, Actually, a lot of these things um, boil down to communication. And, and if I have that relationship with my child from young, and I'm able to allow my child to understand what my values are as a parent, as a family, when they grow older, they begin to, you know, that it gets inculcated into them. And, and, you know, things like issues like digital use, for example, at least that can be brought back to the principle why do I as a parent want you to be so much on the screen? And I think a lot of times as parents, we would explain it such that, oh, you know, I don't want you to be on the screen because it'll affect your studies, mm. right? And it's funny because, you know, we've had parents who, who come to us uh, sometimes as a result of our parenting talks or at the end of like a, a parenting workshop and they'll say, how do I get my child to stop using the screen so much or not stop playing games online so often. And we asked them, what's really your concern? And said, yeah, because it affects their studies. And when we asked, how's your child doing in school? Actually, a child's doing well. Yeah, actually I heard that quite often. And, and the young people are doing well and they are able to balance that. But sometimes they just don't understand why their parents are saying such things. Yep. They misunderstand their intentions yep. and, and they just have that conflict. So how can they resolve those conflicts? Yeah, and so I think this is where as parents we need to be actually to ask ourselves like what exactly is it that bothers me? And if you get down to the, the, the core of the issue, you know, if, if the parent says that it's because I'm concerned that it will affect my child's studies and yet your child is doing well academically and if that's the reason that you give to your child, your child's not going to buy it. Because mm. like, hey, mom, dad, look, 
I'm giving you straight A's. So why are you making such a big deal out of it? You know, uh, that's a, a, a key principle that we have and that we teach parents in our parent dialogues, you know, where um, this is actually taken way back from Dr. James Dobson, who's the founder of Focus on the Family, as well as uh, the likes of Josh McDowell and so on and so forth. Um, the, the full principle is that if you give rules without reason or relationship, it will basically lead to rebellion. And that's where we need to, as parents, decide what is really the principle behind it I'm concerned with. And like I said, you know, when we talk to parents, we discover that at the end of it, what they really feel concerned about is that they don't know what's going on in their child's world anymore. So it's because it's affecting their, their relationship with their child, their face time with their child, their connection with the child, all because, and actually scientific research shows this, when a child is you know, on screen for you know, a certain number of hours per day, and they relate more to the online world than the real world, it does affect their social relationships. It affects how they uh, relate to people in real life, their social skills, uh, even their mood. Yeah, and that's the outcome that parents are receiving and, and, and therefore they find it hard to connect. Basically, they're not connecting with their child. And if you tell your child that, you know, I think that's a little bit more reasonable. Or you say that it's because you spend more time on the screen than we have as a family. Yeah, and I really do appreciate if we could, as a family, have more face time. It's really hard for us, you know, being very busy. Uh, Mom and dad may be busy with work, and of course school is also very, very busy, and we hardly see each other. So the time that we do get to spend together, it would be great if, you know, it was device-free yeah, or screen-free, and we could really use that time to connect with each other. Yeah. And I've actually seen some parents do that, you know, they, they get to their child's world, they get to know who are their favourite football players are, mm -hmm. the, the K-pop music they're listening yeah. to, and just to sort of understand and relate with them where they are as, as adolescents or even as children. Yeah, so you mentioned about communication earlier. Um, you know, if I'm a person who is not very good at communicating, whether with my, my spouse or with my children, how then can I, you know, find that skills or improve my skills in communication? Uh, we have what we call conversation starters, and we do that actually with most of our programs here, uh, particularly the parent-child ones. Where if you attend a program, maybe we've had uh, we have events like our date with dad. You know, that's father and daughter, or create with mom as mother and child, and we facilitate conversations. Okay, so basically we give questions that parents will ask their kids and or kids will ask their parents and I think that that helps us to start because most times I think we're just so pragmatic as Singaporeans, right? We go home as busy parents and first thing is like, okay, did we get everything done? Did my child get everything done that's supposed to be on schedule or before they go to bed? And so the basic question, have you done your homework? Mm. <laughs> How's school today? Are there any tests? When's the next exam or your next yeah, assessment due? They may not even ask. You may just, just WhatsApp it. You know, they may just uh, send a message and they may never have that verbal correct, communication. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, in our parenting dialogues, we actually tell parents that one way is to change the kind of questions that you ask mm. um, instead of yes-no questions uh, and pragmatic schedule type questions. Ask you know, questions that help you get to know your child get to know your child's personality, your child's preferences, uh, your, your, your child's you know, likes, dislikes. Yeah, so ask questions like, you know, what's the best part of your day today? Or did, you know, how, um, we actually tell parents this, you know, parent, uh, parents of young children. Okay, so one of the things that I think we discovered about Asian families is that we, we are not 
always natural conversationalist, mm. right? And we may not have, uh, especially when it comes to describing our emotions, we may not have the re- required, you know, rich emotional vocabulary <laughs> to, to, you know, have very engaged conversations. But we tell parents, if you have young kids and, you know, you're, you ask them like, you know, how was your day? And all you get is okay, mm. right? Maybe give them like a skill, mm. you know, on a scale of, 0 to 10, 10 being fantastic day, you know, 0 being like real crummy, a really 0 nothing day. Um, how was your day to date from 0 to 10? Yeah, and if your child says like, oh, today was a 5, because a 5 is about equivalent to an okay, right? If they say, oh, today's a 5, then you ask like, how was it a 5? Or why is it a 5? Yeah, five? like what happened today that makes it a 5? Yeah, then, well, nothing happened today. Oh, nothing happened in school. Did you learn anything? Did you uh, make new friends? You know, how was recess? What's your favorite subject? You know, how, uh, or ask, how could we tomorrow shift the five to a six? Mm. Or it's been five the whole week, and actually last week too. But how can we make the five a six? Or if it, you know, it's coming down, last week was five, this week is four. Mm. Yeah. Um, how can we get it back up? Or to stop it from going down to a three? Yeah, and, and that could be already a, a good ongoing of a more prolonged conversation. Yeah, so it could start with that. Or we tell um, parents with really young kids use emoticons because, I mean, in this digital age, we might as well use digital to facilitate communication rather than see it only as an obstruction. And, you know, we're all very used to all these WhatsApp uh, uh, emoticons your gist stickers, right? You know, ask, show them, you know, the whole range, like, okay, which one would you choose to describe your day or to describe even your mood right now or describe how you feel about the weekend yeah, coming up or tomorrow coming up. And maybe tomorrow is a, a big test and it's a test on the subject they don't really like, right? Rather than talking about the subject, what else can you do to, to prepare for that test or, you know, to, you can't make a child like a subject, right? But at least you can help them to sort of talk about it. Yeah, I, I remember like um, uh, my my son had a, a almost like a meltdown because you know he takes a third language in school. Uh, he's a teenager now, officially a teenager, and he really, really, really disliked it. And on one hand, you know, you could try to reason with him because you think that he's old enough to reason as to how to make it a better experience. But actually, you know, there was one day when we sat down. And I think we had a, a, a conversation that lasted like almost a couple of hours at one go and essentially was to just get him to talk about like what was it that that makes him dislike that third language so much and uh, I must say that actually after that um, that long conversation he actually came out of it and you know I mean we also talked about like what would be some ways to help you to manage your, your dislike or to at least just have you you know persist <laughs> in giving this subject a shot you know, before you make a decision at the end of the year whether you want to drop it or not. And I must say, we had this conversation probably like maybe in July or so. And by the end of the year, actually, there was no more talk about dropping the subject. And he was actually willing to like, yeah, let's give this a shot. Yeah. No, you mentioned a lot about communication and emotions, uh, but we have not talked about discipline. So what if your son said, you know, I'm still not going to do it. I'm going to hate this subject. Yeah. What will you do to sort of discipline him? 
Okay, so assuming that, you know, we talked about rules without reason and without relationship lead to rebellion. So assuming that you've built that relationship with your child because you've had good communication and ongoing nurturing relationship, you've been talking about uh, feelings and emotions uh, with your child, uh, then it's being clear on the principle. Mm. Yeah, so if the principle, for example, well, with, with my son and, you know, this issue that he had about his third language, the principle was that you need to give it some time. And you need to learn perseverance. You need to learn diligence. Okay, so let's just put in some required amount. And we did agree about, you know, on the diligence side, right? What would be reasonable that would be, uh, uh, well, deemed reasonable by him as well as by us as the parents uh, for him to give it a reasonable time frame as well. And we said, okay, let's give it this time frame. Let's give it this amount of effort. And at the end of it, let's evaluate it. And actually, at the end of the year, he did pretty well. Yeah, for his third language, and I, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, he decided that, okay, actually, he doesn't mind carrying on. Yeah, so I think you need to be clear on principle. What exactly are you dealing with? Because um, children misbehave um, either because they don't feel right, yeah, or they're not thinking rightly about why they need to behave in another way or more appropriate way. And sometimes their emotions just get to them. Correct, right? especially through young through kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or young kids who, you know, they're just, they're just tired mm. and they just need to take a nap or they just need to go to bed. And that's why lots of kids have, young kids will have meltdowns, right? Or they, they don't take to transitions or change very well. And you have, you know, and sometimes kids can feel that like, it could, might not be a change that impacts them directly. It could be because we change jobs, but we are feeling some anxiety and it kind of sort of rubs off on them or they can feel our anxiety. And as a result, they act up. Yeah, so sometimes it's just, you know, dealing with that emotion. And if you deal with that emotion, the misbehavior goes away. But if that, dealing with emotion or there's no emotion, they, they are feeling alright, and th there is misbehavior, then we need to help them sort out their thoughts and to think rightly about it. And to, and that's where, you know, we need to be clear. What's the principle? Is it really that, you know, I I want you to to stop using the, the, the mobile device because it's affecting your studies? Or is it that, you know, I would really like more of your FaceTime when and we are together. Yeah. Sometimes children feel that they don't have a choice. You know, it's like mommy said so, daddy said so, and and it, they feel quite helpless or they don't really have an option. Yeah, yeah. So if that's the case, how can parents sort of give the, the children a, like, you know, some autonomy or some choices? Yeah, so in our parent dialogues, we usually talk about the uh, parenting styles that you can adopt. And definitely with younger kids, you might need a more directive approach. But for older kids, we really do want to uh, allow them, like you said, the choice. Actually, choices need to start from young. <laughs> but we, we talk about a concept called the V of love, which is by a psychologist called Dr. Sylvia Rim. And we talk about how uh, as a child grows older, then you begin to sort of broaden the size of the V and you start giving them more options, more freedom to choose. But it comes with also more responsibility. So of course, because when they are young, uh, they can't assume that much responsibility as yet. That's where you limit their choices. So it, it would be more like, okay, you need to go to bed by 8pm, let's say. So would you want to brush your teeth first or, you know, get your school bag ready first? Mm. So which one? But you still need to go to bed by 8pm. That's a non-negotiable. And we don't give you a cho that choice. But as your child is older, I mean, you're, you have a teenager, you won't be giving this kind of options, it'll be just, you know, um, would you want to basically, you know, um, get to bed on your own <laughs> or do you want me nagging you? <laughs> or uh, Basically, the premise is that you need enough sleep, mm. right? And 
yeah, the, the, the option could be just left to them if you don't get enough sleep. I'm not waking you up in the morning, mm. so you're going to face the consequences, right? So I, I leave you to choose how you want to manage your bedtime. But essentially, I will remind you perhaps that tomorrow the bus leaves and you know whatever time it leaves at 7 a.m. And if you miss that bus, I'm not going to bail you out by sending you to school. Yeah. And you know, whatever you just mentioned about communication, discipline, and emotions, I think this applies throughout all ages. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's something that as parents, you'll see you know, from a young child all the way to yeah. Yeah, teenage definitely, or even as definitely. adults. Yeah. yeah, that's why as parents, we really need to recognize we are on this constant learning journey. I mean, even for me, uh, my son's a teenager now, but I do believe that both my husband and I, we are constantly learning how to parent him better. Uh, how to give him the relevant or appropriate support as he develops, you know, as he develops and individuates as well. Yeah, and so uh, that's where sometimes having a community really helps because there's the support, there are different perspectives that are shared um, and there are different tips. You know, this way, this, these days, it's not, like, there's no one method, mm. one parenting method that works, but it helps when we learn that there are different approaches, there are different um, ideas that we can implement and then we see what works based on our child's personality but because you know it's it's so dynamic it's always evolving you know even as as, as people we're constantly changing right so um, we do need to recognize that you know as a parent we need to constantly also learn and grow as our child grows up thanks joe for sharing your insights you know that's all the time we have for today's episode uh, if you are listening in and you have further questions or comments about what was shared, uh, feel free to share your thoughts with us. You can email us at parentad at family.org.sg and we'll address your questions in a later episode. We hope that this podcast will be a helpful resource to support and encourage parents and we really appreciate any feedback. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Do click the subscribe button to be updated for the next update of our Parent Ed Podcast and help us to share this with other parents. So this has been Aaron for the Parent Ed Podcast. Till the next time, have a great week with your family.